Get the Toyota Forklift Advantage. Visit toyotamaterialhandling.com.au Train services across the network have been suspended until further notice. The city's entire rail network was cut off at the knees by an unprecedented and devastating technical breakdown. Commuters are told to expect significant delays on their travel home from work. Engineers tried to reset the system. Um, unfortunately, they weren't able to reset the train radio system. We're just being directed out of Wynyard, saying it's shut down and to get on the first bus you can possibly get. Since then, you've tried to get on four buses and none of them are going to where you're trying to go. Yeah, we um, come from um, country New South Wales, so where else can we go? We've just got to wait for the bus. We just came up the Devonshire Street Tunnel and the buses were crowded like I've never seen before. And there's so many people around here and then I come to this and it's just bedlam. Yeah, I was thinking about renting a bike or something. I don't know. <laughs> there's not much else to do really. Crazy scenes in Sydney yesterday afternoon. Wow, that is absolute chaos. Uh, pandemonium, uh, as close to peak hour and in peak hour as you'll get. Uh, it was carnage out there for commuters, for families, for parents trying to get kids home. And uh, there's a bit of a warning that uh, today might not be much better. Natasha Belling joins us. Uh, walk us through the events of yesterday afternoon before we get to Uber, by the way. Yeah. The, the disgusting oh, wow. uh, behaviour of right. Uber, which is just despicable. Uh, walk us through what happened with the rail system yesterday, please, Tash. I was actually on the way to pick my boys up from school and yep. listening to this unfold on air on radio and at around 2.45 yesterday afternoon. So you've got to remember, as you mentioned there, Mick and MG, you know, for millions of parents across Sydney – that meant a lot of their kids were stranded at train stations. So at 2.45 yesterday afternoon, the authorities were notified that the digital train radio system had failed on the entire Sydney trains network. So that basically meant, I heard a good analogy on the radio yesterday saying, compared to planes, that's like air traffic control tower going down. So for safety reasons, they made the call, all trains were shut down, all platforms were shut down and millions of commuters across Sydney were completely left stranded. Now, from How much I, notice did they have? Zero. Like literally zero. Yeah. it was shut down completely. And for a lot of parents, that's when their kids were at train stations, yeah. stranded yeah. at train stations. Some of the train stations just pulled their shutters down and there was oh. zero communication. Is it yeah. 2023 or 1914? What the what the hell is going on? What I, I don't understand how this could happen in today's age. Well, I don't understand. it's interesting to note we're two weeks from a state election, right? So yeah. they came out pretty quickly and said, ruled out the possibility of a cyber attack. I've heard allegations their IT system was updated on Tuesday night. You know, the state government needs to come out front and centre today Absolutely. and explain what happened. Front foot. Yep, front we, we need to know exactly what happened and an explanation uh, and a commitment that it won't happen again. That's incredible. Uh, we'll take some calls in a minute. Uh, one, two, yep. three, five, three. How you were affected. Uh, let's, you know, out there on the front lines, tell us what happened. Uh, let's just deal with Uber quickly. <laughs> oh, um, God, man. I just want to say this. This is up there with looting as far as I'm concerned. You this agree. is a, the most disgusting behaviour when you prey on the most vulnerable at their most vulnerable time for you to cash in and make money. An Uber fare of $500 oh, 
is, is off the charts, and this is the most mercenary, disgusting, despicable display from a company who should be investigated. Uh, it's as close to looting a, a, as I oh. can see, and I'm uh, absolutely... You know what? If my Uber turns up and it's it's $500 for surge fee, that's no stars. Sorry. Uh, you have crossed the line. So, how can, um, they, how can they... Again, Tash and Mick, how, how can they justify upping their ante so much, as Mick says, preying upon the vulnerable in, in, in the, the time of need that we need the most. Surely someone from the Uber co- company as well. Is, the, is, is there a head office here in Sydney that someone's got to come out and say, you know, someone's going to be suspended, someone's going to be taking their licence off? Like what? There was, a report, <laughs> there was a report in the Daily Telly, Mick, you nailed it, saying that one person had said, uh, all of a sudden their charge for Uber went to $499.80. Oh, oh, Half an yeah. hour earlier, guess how much that same distance was? $38.93. That is, that is. You are the most terrible organisation yep. I've ever heard of. And hey, we all get to supply and demand, sure. but preying on yep. uh, people in their most vulnerable moment, especially when there's safety concerns attached to some of this, well uh, they need to, yeah, the terms and understanding of how Uber operate in this, in this city need to be examined very, very quickly. Uh, give us a call, one triple three five three. how you were affected, uh, what it meant to you yesterday, and uh, we, we need to establish the chances of this happening again today. One triple three five three. We've actually got James on the line now. James is an Uber driver. James, can you explain... From Uber's side, uh, what the approach was from the company, please. Well, I can't explain it from the Uber's perspective. I can explain it from the driver's perspective. Sure. Um, we don't. The drivers don't control the pricing. That's all dictated by Uber. So, uh, you know, I heard the comments earlier, and I just wanted to defend. Most drivers are trying to do the right thing and just trying to make a living. We yep. don't control the pricing. That's that's all Uber. So, you know, if you're going to have a a go at anyone, it's definitely 100% Uber, but not, not the drivers. Well, I think that's what we were doing, to be honest. Um, so that's one way of defending the situation, but it's it's still uh, incredible. Try calling Uber up and complaining and see, see how far oh. you get. If you could try and get anyone out there, if you can get through to that company yeah. Yeah. who are completely unanswerable for anything, let's, let's just park uh, their behaviour yesterday... But if if something happens with your Uber driver or your Uber or it doesn't turn up, you try contacting that company directly and you have got absolute Buckleys. Um, how was the reaction on the street? I'm guessing you were copping a fair bit of flack yesterday, James. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, but, you know, and the problem is that as a driver, I can contact support and speak to a, a person, not necessarily yeah. someone based in Australia, but I can still speak to someone. But yes. so, so, unfortunately, so James, the riders did... and the customers can't. So, James, how, give us an example how the prices went up yesterday for you. If you couldn't control them, how did Uber up your ante? What, what kind of pricing was, was put onto your ledger? Well, I do it on the, as a side hustle, so I didn't get the peak, but I did get a couple of surge fares after hours when I was, when I, after I finished work. Um, and, yeah, obviously that's to my benefit. But the thing I, you've got to realise, I'm stuck in traffic trying to get from point A to point B, suffering just as much as the rider is. Because, you know, I get one fare and yeah, it might sound attractive on the surface, but I'm not, I'm not getting anywhere and I'm stuck in traffic. I can't get another job. I can't, you know, we rely on picking up fares and, you know, it's a numbers game.
for us. But if we're stuck in traffic, we walk double the surge. It might sound great. You take an hour to get from point A to point B. It's not great. I'm sorry. Are you... I, I understand that situation, but a fare at the, that has a value of $400 going to $500 is just outright predatory pricing. As you rightly point out, uh, our venom should not necessarily be directed at the Uber driver, but the company itself, which yeah. has behaved terribly in a crisis. They should be ashamed of themselves. Thanks for the call, James. Jim's on the line. Uh, Jim, were you trying to get a ride yesterday? Uh, no, I was actually uh, picking people up, Mick. Okay, so you're an Uber driver as well, were you? No, no, mate, I'm just an ordinary civilian. <laughs> oh, okay, so exp- explain what happened to you. Okay, well, about four o'clock I'm at uh, Paddington and my mate rings up and says that he and his niece and nephews are stranded at Central. So I get in the car and pick him up and uh, take him and his, his uh, family back to Sutherland. I live at Helensburg. Then I realised my ex-wife was stranded at St. Leonard's. Mm. So I turned around and went back to St. Leonard's, uh, picked her up, and she works with a guy who's about 80, so uh, uh-huh. I took him with me. We dropped mm. him off at Lidcombe on the way through, and I got to Southo, where my ex-wife bought me dinner, which was nice, oh. and then <laughs> back home to Helensburg. So I, I did about 400 Ks, and I was wow. in the car for about four and a half hours, mate. Well, you would have made about you would have made about ten thousand dollars if you were an Uber <laughs> driver. Uh, let me tell you that. And can Jimmy. I just ask, uh, just, just Jim, before you go, was it just the inconvenience, or was there a bit of like panic I- I attached to what you had to get done yesterday? A little bit of panic. The traffic—I've never seen traffic like it, and I'm not familiar with the north side because I live at Helensburg down near Wollongong. So yeah. you know, trying to navigate with a GPS and all the rest of it was a bit uh, full on. Uh, all oh, right, Jim, well, you're a good man, uh, Jimmy. That's it. Yeah, good on you, Jim. Uh, that's how you behave yeah. uh, in a crisis, by the way. Um, we'll keep taking your calls as the day goes on. Uh, we'll try and understand what actually happened out there on the streets. But we are still waiting on uh, some clarification from uh, the Minister, the Transport Minister and the Government to get this going, Tash. And also, Mick, the Uber story is important, but I'm sure that's an agenda being pushed by the New South Wales Government to put the focus on Uber right now with the outrage when actually they should be front and centre explaining how in 2023 the basic function of a state government, whether it's Liberal or Labor, should be to have an effective rail system that doesn't shut down and they need to say exactly what happened and is Mm. it going to happen again. Dead right. All right. How's this bloke? A man has got a six-pack tattooed on his belly to make sure he's summer ready. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think you're missing the point, mate. The, yeah. the whole idea is to put in the hard work, get ripped, uh, modify your diet uh, and your lifestyle, get in there, crank out the reps, uh, not just go, ah, bugger it. I'll go, I'll go to the tattoo shop. <laughs> I mean, come on! What do you got to do to take your top off? And that—that's not going to look good from about two feet away. No. You know what I mean? Strolling down the beach from fifty yards, you might turn some heads. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, and when the whips are cracking in the bedroom and the tops come off, you are going to let oh, yourself down. You're going to be exposed, <laughs> brother. That's got to be mildly disappointing. So that's lazy behaviour, is it not? Here's one for you. 
Uh, MG, a Brit living in Australia has offered 50 bucks for someone to remove a spider from her house. <laughs> she's, she's posted on Facebook, is anyone good with spiders? Uh, happily pay someone 50 bucks to come and get the spider out of my apartment in Coogee. Now... <laughs> I wonder how many 50. suitors she had. Is that a kind of a... Might have been a well, subliminal, subliminal message she's sending out to... It's just a suitors. huntsman too. It's like... Yeah, uh, it was a uh, long legs. One, one shoe. One shoe hastily removed can deal with a huntsman. You don't need to outsource that. <laughs> well, some bacon. Terrible behaviour. <laughs> <laughs> and here's one for you. This goes right to the top. Uh, the flag over Parliament House uh, is tattered and torn and ragged, and they haven't changed it. Uh, it's described as having a gaping hole. That says a lot about this country right now, I reckon. <laughs> the, the flag flying over Parliament House is completely damaged. That's, That's like amazing. an analogy for our nation as we yeah. speak. Uh, it's typically changed every four weeks, but bugger it, there were high winds and thunderstorms, so we gave it a miss. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. There's some Here examples, and let's end the fray. I'll give you one example uh, from okay. me. Uh, I was wearing a watch that had a Fitbit in it once, and uh, <laughs> I gave it to someone at work, one of my producers one day, said, give me that, let me examine that. She worked out I took 43 steps in a day. Oh, my God. Now, I want, I want anyone out there to see if they can beat that. And <laughs> 43, I, I, steps. 43 steps in a day. She went back through it. And said, what did you do Sunday? I said, oh. I said, well, I'd had a big night. So I got on the couch and I worked out the 43 steps. And they were from my couch to the toilet to the fridge to the couch. <laughs> That's unreal. Can you beat 43 steps? Kat, what did you Have you got any example I, of laziness? I have been known when I'm hungover, there is a burger shop 70 metres from my house, and I have been known to order Uber Eats. And <laughs> Uber I don't, Eats? Uber Eats from there, and I don't check the app. I watch him pick it up from the burger shop and cycle 70 metres down the road to me, and that's how I know it's delivered. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I had when I was growing up. My, it was, wasn't me, but my dad. My dad was kind of on the lazy side. He's not anymore. He's kind of changed his ways. But he would sit on the lounge. Remember the back in the day before we had remote yeah. controls. He would st sit on the lounge with a pool cue. We, we, I don't know where he got. We, 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 we didn't have a pool table. I don't know. Where he, <laughs> he would sit there and change channels from the lounge with a. That pool is cue. fantastic. Oh, what I've done when I've because I say I'm leaving a pub and I. You know, it's only a couple of two hundred meters, but it's uphill. And call an Uber, right? I call it. I call an Uber. But what I do when I come out to meet it, I I bang on a limp, <laughs> so to make out like I'm like I give it a bit of a club foot and start limping, so that they don't just go. You are the laziest man <laughs> ever. Okay, your turn, Sid. Uh, is it you or is it your dad who's the lazy bastard? Yeah, I think my dad beats you, mate. Good morning, guys. So um, so what's happening is um, he used to literally lie on the couch, not move, just a bit like yourself. Yep. And the remote control will be about five metres away, probably four and a half to be exact. Yep. What do you do for every single sibling and tell me can't reach the remote? Call us downstairs to give him the remote so they can change the channel. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, I wish awesome. I could get away with that. Was he old? Was he a bit infirmed? Was he? A... 
Uh, he was like, well, growing up, I was about 10 or 15, so he would have been in his 40s, so not that old, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the call, Sid. Paul's on the line. Uh, Paul, what happened? Uh, morning, guys. How are you going? Morning, Paul. That's the way. Um, good mate of mine, no, main, uh, no names mentioned, uh, Paul I Blaster. Um, <laughs> actually, actually lives across the road from a McDonald's uh, restaurant yeah. and actually walks down in his pyjamas, hops into the car and drives <laughs> through the drive-thru to order his breakfast. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That is awesome. I love it, Paul. Well done. Uh, he's the right in the conversation. Stuff. He could be the clubhouse leader right now. Yep, I think so. Dan, uh, lazy behaviour, please. I don't say I'm lazy. I say I'm going to live longer. You know when you've got to punch in your time to the microwave and yes. you, you want one minute 40, 45? Yeah. I go one minute 44. That way I don't have to move my finger. Or two minutes 20 to 20. You go two minutes 22. Oh, it's wow. simple. I'm just wow. going to live longer because I don't have to put in the effort. One forty-four because moving your finger from the four to the five <laughs> that is, is just too much of a hassle. <laughs> Jesus, That's Dan. Right. Now, Dan, you are you're a real catch, Dan. You go next level, brother. Next level. <laughs> You've taken it to a place I didn't think we could go. Uh, John, John, uh, lazy all. behavior. Yeah, yeah, Johnny, good buddy. Lazy uh, behavior, please. Uh, nah, I've got none. I think mine's more smart. When I'm at what the pub at Grey Gums in Penrith, I, yep. I just call the girls at the bar and tell them to bring my beer out and bring the machine out so I don't have to get up and go in. And just, <laughs> they do it. And then half the time I don't even have to ring, they'll always look out, see me beer nearly empty, wave me hand, and then they just bring me out the machine and me beer. What, the FPOS machine? Just to tap it? Yeah. Yeah. They reach out there. Tapping's and, a bit yeah. hard. You should get them to yeah. reach into your pocket and get your card and do it themselves. Well, and now it's on me saying that. They already know my passcode for it. Oh, I don't know how to do that. Oh, Johnny. Oh, Johnny. <laughs> and the QR codes, when I'm at the restaurant, the QR codes, and yeah. when I'm with my wife or my, um, my daughter or whatever, I make them do the QR code thing and order for me. Uh, and I well, don't even have to are... look at the menu because my oh. wife already knows what I want before we get there. Oh, Johnny. <laughs> You could be in a coma and no one would know. John, hey, Cameron's on the line calling from Penrith. A lot of our calls seem to be coming from Penrith today, MG. I, I have to say, if there's, a, if there's an epicenter for lazy activity, Penrith is ground zero. What do you got for us, Cameron? Uh, g'day, guys. How you going? Hello, yeah, Cam. Yeah, Penrith's definitely lazy, mate, but um, I'm a mechanic and... Uh, I've got a little work trolley, and uh, if I ever drop a bolt, I'll just grab your magnet and pick it up rather than bend down to pick it up. <laughs> Would you grab what? Your magnet? His magnet. Yeah, I got, yeah I just picked up the magnet. <laughs> that is lazy, man. <laughs> wow. That is. Yeah, well, it's kind of smart, I guess. Yeah, but Kevin, good. Well, Kevin's on the line. Uh, Kevin, uh, lazy behavior, please. How you going, guys? Hey, Kevin. Yeah. Mate, I've got me uh, beer fridge out the back on the back veranda, and when I'm sitting out there, I'll yell out to me young bloke to get me a beer, and it's only two metres away. Uh, you're creating a monster there. That's learnt behaviour. Do you know what, uh, Kevin? I've got a mate who's trained his dog to get him a beer. The, I swear the wow. dog will go, open the fridge door, grab a beer, and bring it back. That's as good as it gets. 
I've got a Stathy I've been training to do that, but he just keeps biting the cans. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then rolling around the backyard for three hours going, yee oh, Kevin wins gonna, the tickets. Kevin wins yeah. the tickets. There we go. <laughs> there you, Kev. Here's a story I love. A girlfriend, uh, age 30, has placed her boyfriend on a performance improvement plan <laughs> to, to improve their relationship and uh, compares the controversial tactic to HR in the workplace. Uh, how amazing is that? So she's come up with a plan. Uh, it's a, he has to improve himself. She's given him a list of points. They sit down. They work through it. Um, and KPIs. He, if you like KPIs, she's giving. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they, they maintain it's making a difference in their lifestyle. So you need a, a boyfriend improvement plan. Uh, how is that? Uh, you know what I did? If my girlfriend gave me that, I'd probably just go and read it on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> or, or pop it on the fridge so it can remind me to be a better bloke every time I go and grab a beer. <laughs> Or yeah, read it from the pub. <laughs> Here's what she said. She said, I know it's a kind of harsh uh, to some of you, but he's an engineer and sometimes it's really hard to communicate with him without using something that he can already relate to. Plus, he liked it. This is absolutely amazing. A boyfriend improvement plan. Anything longer than put the toilet seat down. And I reckon I'm out of there. That is out. There. <laughs> she sounds like a bona fide nut. He sits oh, in yeah. a room working on her manifesto. Um, if I was in that relationship, I'd ask for an RDO every <laughs> second. <laughs> Maybe we can do this with our audience. One triple three five three. Uh, how, does you, how could you improve your partner? How could you make Ooh. your partner uh, better? Uh, or or basically what I'm saying is, what shits you about your partner? <laughs> yeah. And yes. see if we can help you. What about this bloke? Uh, this is a typical story of someone who needs to do better and needs to try harder. The man who repeatedly vomits over the balcony of his high-rise oh, apartment. Wow. So this is a Sydney story, guys, uh, from Redfern. Uh, frustrated Sydney residents have slammed a cereal spewer <laughs> for repeatedly vomiting from the high-rise apartment wow. onto their balconies below. So he's having a hurl off the side of the balcony and doing it on the apartments below him. So everyone's copping a, a bit. Disgusting. That's not a very good partner, uh, es no. especially if he asks you to hold his hair back while he does it, which we know <laughs> is a time of additions. The, the, her furious note has been left by residents who said the vomit was landing on people's balconies, furniture, and drying clothes. Oh. You know what? That's going to come up at the body corporate. Don't you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> the bloke spewing <laughs> off the side of a building. That guy needs an improvement plan from his girlfriend. Um, that might be the bloke who's got the KPIs, the engineer. He might be, he might be, that might be the same story. <laughs> out with him. Uh, for everyone living in that apartment block, uh, we have a song dedicated just for you. <laughs> Carrots. <laughs> Carrots. <laughs> Unbloody Does your partner need to uh, straighten out what's bothering you? Give us a call, one triple three five. Yes. This bloke, in particular, I reckon, would be a dud partner because <laughs> he's an absolute jerk. Um, and I'm talking about the Queensland man who sparked outrage 
after he filmed himself jumping into dangerous crocodile-infested waters. Um, this is a very dumb thing to do. Fishing influencer Daniel Colombini filmed the wild stunt where he leapt off a metre-high embankment into the Tully River in far north Queensland. This is crocodile territory. This is ground zero for big salties. Uh, let's have a listen to him posting about his actions on Instagram. It's bloody hot, I tell you that. Red do a cliff jump off the Tully River. Boat's going to pick us up. Well, let's hope that boat doesn't pick you up. <laughs> and let's hope uh, that uh, one of your feet is found about 500 metres downstream. <laughs> An hour or so later, because you are a prized jerk. <laughs> what uh, an idiot. Yeah, why would you even mess with this stuff? Uh, it's don't. incredibly dumb. I, I'll tell you a story I know. This is how smart crocodiles are. This is how dangerous they are. And the, the Aboriginals up uh, in the Kimberley region have a saying. It's like you, you share the land with a crocodile. If you get caught, it's your fault. You, yeah. sh you should be aware the whole time, people continually put themselves in danger and do crazy things or go in underprepared. I was at a town called Wyndham, which is the northernmost town of the Kimberley once, and they also there have an abattoir because they still used to, you know, uh, basically drive. They would muster all the cattle up to Wyndham, they would slaughter the cattle and then ship them off overseas. So... There was a huge abattoir at Wyndham, and at the base of uh, it was on the Wyndham Harbour, and at the base of the abattoir was a big blood drain runoff bin oh, where yeah. all the biggest crocs, <laughs> the biggest baddest crocs <laughs> uh, around, would sit there and basically pick up fast food. Yeah, you know, bit, like bits a, like of a, cattle, like a McDonald's, and, a McDonald's drive through. It's, yeah. it's like a drive, it's like a drive, it's like a drive through for crocodiles. <laughs> anyway, I'm at the Wyndham Hotel once, and the the barman is telling me this story. He goes, "Hey, bloke came in, a truck driver, and he was soaking wet." And the uh, barman said, "What have you been doing?" He goes, "I've just been having a dip down there in uh, Wyndham Harbour." And the the barman goes, "Mate, under no circumstances." ever, ever, ever get <laughs> into that harbour, especially there in the abattoir. It's just insane. He goes, don't tell me what to do. I'll do whatever I want. In fact, I'm going to go and have another swim right now. <laughs> uh, about eight months later, someone from the city had to come up and pick up his truck, oh. which was still <laughs> parked down <laughs> in the car park near Wyndham Harbour. Uh, I mean, what have we learned here? <laughs> I, I guess that it's you're not. You idiots. Yeah. You, you don't muck around with that stuff. Uh, plenty of stories from that area. Uh, let's hope uh, this guy uh, <laughs> comes to a sticky end, really. <laughs> Get the Toyota Forklift Advantage. Visit toyotamaterialhandling.com.au. This is MG's footy preview. All righty, let's get straight into it, big fella. Panthers v Rabbitohs, what a game. Uh, and it's been ramped up by comments uh, from Latrell Mitchell, yeah? <laughs> yeah, what a, you're right, Mickey. Um, it's, a, it's a massive uh, week two already. It's only two weeks in. We're talking about the rugby league. It's fantastic. Um, last year's premiers up against the team they knocked out in the prelims, South Sydney. Um, but uh, it has. It's, it's, the lighting of the fuse has been lit by um, Latrell Mitchell. Has, he stated that there are cracks 
in the Premier's windscreen. Look, I, I love his honesty. Whether he's right or wrong, it's refreshing. Um, but it is something that the Panthers will feed upon tonight, I, I would imagine. I'll bet they do. I like a bit of trash talk. It's very popular overseas, particularly in American sports. Yep. We kind of avoid it here because it tends to blow up in your face. But we'll see how that pans out. Uh, just pouring a little bit of kerosene onto the Panthers' rabbitose fire. As if it needed any more. Cannot wait. <laughs> All right. Let's turn our attention to a couple of blockbusters tomorrow night. Hills yep. v. Sharks. That's a big game. I know it's early to say this. It's almost a must win for both teams in round two. You, you, you're right on the money. It is. Uh, Eels uh, we, we went down last week um, to the Melbourne Storm and the, the Sharkies likewise to the to the Rabbitohs. So, um, look, Mitch Moses' contract saga is still up in the air. We don't know whether he's um, he's told his teammates he's staying or, or not, but you've got to think that it does affect them somewhat. Um, saying yeah. that, I, I'm leaning towards a, an Eels victory tomorrow night because of the fact that maybe Nico Hines won't be playing and uh, in, in fact, he's probably out for up to three or four weeks, so that's going to hurt them big time. And uh, let's get on to Broncos versus Cowboys. Wow. Uh, two big teams from Queensland. Could this be the game of the season? What are you saying? Yeah, thus far it is. This this is the game that I think most people are looking forward to. It's sold out uh, Suncorp Stadium. Uh, both these teams have showed promise in round one, both having one-point victories. Uh, obviously, the Broncos a hard-fought victory over Penrith, uh, down in Penrith, uh, and the Cowboys... Got out to a you know a big lead against the yeah. Canberra Raiders, but were run down. So in this game, I'm I'm leaning towards the Brisbane Broncos, Mickey. Hello. Hello. All right, it's going to be on like a ding dong. Cannot wait. <laughs> Absolute carnage yesterday in one of the great cities of the world, brought to its knees by public transport chaos. Still waiting uh, for a proper explanation about what happened, and of course uh, how it will play out today. Natasha Belling has joined us live in the studio to talk us through these aspects. Before we get to Uber, what is the latest from the government regarding train services today? Transport New South Wales has come out this morning. The bosses saying, look, we apologise profusely for the communication error yesterday. They're investigating what caused this. But the other angle is, although there was the complete shutdown of the communication system, there's yep. also supposed to be a backup system that kits, kicks in. That didn't Ooh, kick in. I so, would have thought so. Yeah, yeah, correct. So they're you know promising a full investigation. This is two weeks before the state election. But also the other story was Uber, of course, we mentioned earlier, overcharging customers. Well, this has just happened. Uber has issued an apology for the surcharging and has promised to refund customers who were charged hundreds of dollars. In that apology, and I'm quoting Uber now from their statement, as soon as we became aware of what was happening, our teams immediately lowered surge that aimed to still incentivise those driver partners who were helping Sydney siders get home while making rides more affordable for those strands. Blah, 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 blah. All right, Indeed. well, yeah, uh, it's too little too late, and I think it's the backlash. Uh, I think it is the, the public anger yep. uh, that's responsible uh, for that climb down. Here's what I don't like about these situations, and it reminded me, you know, the redeemable airfares from Qantas. Everyone goes, oh, don't worry, we'll refund it, and you can mm. be there. You try getting it back. Indeed. Yep, I, I exactly. can't wait. You try calling Uber on anything, that it is impossible to penetrate that company. Mm -hmm. uh, if something happens or your Uber doesn't turn up or you leave something, you cannot contact as a punter them in any way. Uh, I can't wait to hear the plan uh, for people who were basically looted 
uh, yeah. yesterday yeah. by that organisation, how they will get their money back. Um, how brittle is this system? And, I mean, how it doesn't it just demonstrate you can bring one of the biggest cities, cities in the world to a standstill by, like, knococking. knocking a cord out of a wall or something. We, we don't have anything more real than that. Um, it makes you think how vulnerable you are to a cyber attack, how, how an entire city yep. uh, can be put into a place of anarchy um, so quickly. So, today, trains run as normal, yes? They're saying they should run as normal, but there could be a couple of issues moving forward, which means they have no idea. We still don't know what caused this, and this could not come at a worse time for the embattled New South Wales government two weeks out from a state election. And the panic in so many parents yesterday afternoon in particular, they were left stranded at work or trying to get their kids that were trying to catch public transport. It's the worst scenario possible. It really, it really is. Apart from just the inconvenience, it was a real safety Absolutely. Yes. Healthy, health yes. issue. So yes. that's how it should be seen. All right. I hope they're onto it. Everyone behave out there today. Maybe have a contingency plan up your sleeve. Uh, look after yourselves. Here we are. It's, it's like Mad Max territory. Doctor, <laughs> <laughs> doctor, give me the news I got. This has got it all. Yes, he's got it all. That's He's not wrong there, Dan Ganane, with David Riccio, the doctor. He's always got the late mail. And, Doctor, as we welcome you to the uh, Brecky Show, massive game tonight, as Kat just mentioned. South Sydney v. the Premiers. Last year's Premiers up against the team they knocked out in the prelim. What's the late mail here with Latrell Mitchell? Will he play? And also uh, the contract status with Penrith's uh, Sonny Luke, who looked sensational against the Broncos last week. Yeah. Certainly a blockbuster. I cannot wait for this one. Round two when we're getting massive games like this one, South Sydney versus the Panthers. Look, Latrell Mitchell has taken the headlines for the majority of the week. He's had a slow start. He had a knee problem pulling out of that Cronulla Sharks victory for the Bunnies. It was a PCL, MCL injury. And he, as I said, he just had a, a lighter week at training, but certainly picked up yesterday with clearance to take on the Penrith Panthers. And I think Everyone would appreciate, probably except Panthers fans, the big Latrell getting out there is, um, is must-see TV as far as this game is concerned. Good news for South Sydney. You asked about Sonny Luke, MG. He came on. He's the 27-year-old dummy half who's spent a lot of his time in the New South Wales Cup reserve grade uh, with the Penrith Panthers and floated around different clubs as well. He got his chance last week against the Broncos from the interchange bench. As, as I said, 27 years of age. He's a late bloomer. He's only played five NRL games up, in, mm. up until last week. Um, he's off contract this year, guys. Mm. And I know Panthers fans will be nervous about this because the, the discussion in and around the loss of Api Corusau has been a hot talking point. Yet Sonny Luke just brought energy, uh, pace and speed out of dummy half. He's off contract, guys. The Panthers have already begun negotiations to to sign him, yet uh, Sonny's management won't be any any rush here, guys, and and for obvious reasons. But yeah. the more he plays, uh, the more it may indicate his price or interest from rival clubs may spike. So this could be a little bit of a, a to and fro again, just in and around that dummy half position for the Penrith Panthers. He certainly looks a talent. Yeah, wrap him up, Panthers, because last year, he, you're right, uh, along with Jermaine Hopgood, I think Sonny Luke were the two best players in the New South Wales Cup, and look what Jermaine Hopgood doing at the Eels. Uh, Doctor, the concussion debate has swept over the game this week. 
Do you think we're going to get to a stage in our game where players are forced to undergo a mandatory stand-down for a certain number of weeks, per se, like like the boxing? Yeah. Yeah, MG, it's a really good point. And I can tell you that I spoke to the NRL about this very subject yesterday. Uh, and, I can, and I can tell you that it's now at commission level on wow. whether to go down this path. Uh, the, the ARL commission are currently considering a mandatory stand-down period uh, on the back of a concussion. They are taking in reams of research from across all different codes, uh, technology as well, uh, whether they go down the path of blood testing players, uh, CAT scans, etc. after matches to determine whether uh, there is still some brain activity that is showing signs of concussion. But certainly a mandatory stand-down, which um, would be another great debate within the game, MG. And, and I... I think if you ask parents of players, parents of, of, of young footballers in the game on whether um, they would support their son being stood down for a certain number of games, I don't think you'd get much blowback from parents. It would probably come back to players within the game wanting to get, it, get back out there. But again, in this situation that we've debated all week, it's about taking the decision out of the player's hand and putting their welfare first. Um, and, and but But ultimately... It is on the table, MG. It is on the wow. table that we could head down the path uh, of a mandatory stand-down period. 28 days is boxing. Whether we get to 28 days remains uh, the discussion point within the NRL, uh, but it's certainly a hot talking point. The one player in particular, MG, I'm keeping an eye on this week, is Victor Radley at the Sydney Roosters. Yeah, yeah. He underwent, uh, suffered a concussion last week. Uh, it has only been six days. It will be six days between the Roosters' last game and this next game. Look, I'm knowing the Roosters' history. I know he's been named to play, uh, but I'd be surprised. He's yeah, had, he's yeah. had uh, four concussions in two years. I'd be surprised if he plays this weekend, MG. Well, whichever side of the fence you sit on on this debate, and I know you boys on NRL 60 discussed it. I know Gus Gould on 100% footy discussed it. Um, I, I, I urge you to take a... I listened to a soundbite of Luke Keary, who's walking the walk at the moment as we speak on concussion. Um, a refreshing uh, stance that he's look, he's basically saying that the players need protection from the players because they they need protection from themselves because they're not going to put their hand up and say oh, I, I, I want to come off because I'm concussed. So it's up to us to look after the players. And look, I'm, I've got a bloke, I've got a young bloke in you know playing you know, tonight in New South Wales Cup. I'm I'm all for. Uh, the education of, uh, you know, the HIA. I, I say whatever we want to go, whichever road we go down, let's embrace it and let's make sure that we, we stand by it because um, our players our players are the future. Let's, let's keep them, you know, let's keep them in cotton wool if we have to. Well said, MG. See you next week, my man. Good on you, Doctor. Thanks, guys. Go well. And as we, uh, well, put the uh, pin in another show for the day, can I thank the good folk at Toyota Forklifts once again, for their unwavering support of this program, isn't it great to know, MG, that those boys and girls are on our side? When you've got the number one forklift company in the world in your corner, yes. uh, you can go bonkers. You can do whatever you want with uh, <laughs> great confidence because everyone loves the world number one. And in the forklift department, that is Toyota Forklifts, legendary for quality, reliability, and safety. Everything our transport system isn't. This, this should be, the public transport system should be Toyota forklifts. That's how you get around. They'd never let you down. They wouldn't surge price you. They'll get you from A to B, uh, on time, in good nick. That's how they deliver. 
every time. You know what? In a world where chain of supply is one of the major issues, who do you think gets it? Who do you think transports it? Who do you think when something comes to a dock or something comes to a supermarket or something comes to a warehouse, who's there waiting to make it happen? The bloody Toyota forklifts. That's who. All rise. And you'll see them. All rise. (laughs) Yeah, I'm up. And applaud the Toyota forklift. Am I right, MG? You'll see them this Saturday when they take on the Dolphins, the Canberra Raiders, right across the jersey of the Raiders. There they are in bright... Bright uh, colours, so let's go. And, let's go to And here you let's go, go. Uh, the, the world's number one forklift brand. If you're if you're a mechanic, we said this yesterday, or an auto electrician, yes. apply now to become a Toyota forklift technician. Seriously, I kids grow up, they want to be either an astronaut or a Toyota forklift technician. I reckon that is. <laughs> I cannot think of a greater way to give your labour than getting involved with the good folk. Thank you uh, very yeah. much, Toyota Forklifts. Yep, you can find them also, toyotamaterialhandling.com.au for any yep. more added information. Yep. Is that it for us? We've got Dave no, O'Neill. We've got Dave O'Neill on the show tomorrow, Mickey. As we boot it home for another week. Good on you guys. Thanks for hanging in there. Uh, we've had a great day. Good luck catching public transport today. Yes, have a good one. Mick Malloy, MG in the morning. Get the Toyota Forklift Advantage. Visit toyotamaterialhandling.com.au.